Elmo. I am Paul. Hello. Um, let's start off by making sure that your uh, phones are turned down, please. Um, all right. So uh, this was a big this was a big weekend for most football fans, right? I mean, the draft. That. This is the year the Vikings are finally going to win the Super Bowl, right? Right? <laughs> this is our year. Oh, man. Well, yeah. We've, yeah, I know I've been saying it for years. Uh, so anyways, as a, as a Viking fan, it's, it's like uh, this could be the year, but, uh, you know, we've been disappointed many times. So uh, it's just, anyways, we'll, we'll live with it. Uh, which brings me to a conversation that I had with God uh, quite a few years ago. And uh, I was in a pretty good-sized church that was having revival meetings. And uh, as I'm sitting there in worship, God asked me, he said, do you love me, Paul? And I'm like, yeah, I, I love you. And he goes, Paul, do you love me? And I said, yes, I, I, I love you. But then he asked me, he says, do you love me as much as you love the Vikings? And in my mind, I thought, yeah, obviously, yes. But he was asking me this question for a reason. So in this church service, and there's probably five, six hundred people, I don't, I, I don't know. But as we were worshiping, he says, let me ask you, Paul. If the Vikings won the Super Bowl, how would you react? And I said, I'd be ecstatic. I'd be jumping around, high-fiving everybody, screaming at the top of my lungs. So he asked me, do you love me, Paul? <clears throat> so, I'm going to put this down. So in that service, so I just went, Woo! <laughs> Glory! I love you, Jesus! You are so worthy of praise! For you have never let me down. The Vikings have! <laughs> Now, some of you may be like, well, is that really scriptural? Okay. So let's go to John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. Now, that's the New King James Version, but, um, and it's talking about my children will worship me in spirit and truth. But I'm going to read it out of the message version. It's who you are and the way that you count than the way that you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is out looking for, those who are simply and honestly themselves before him in their worship. God is sheer being itself spirit. Those who worship him must do it out of their very being, their spirits, 
their true selves in adoration. So that's the standard he asked me to live by. Because when I'm passionate about something, I'm all in and very vocal. Actually, my daughter has videos of me screaming at the TV during Viking games, so I have proof that I have to, <laughs> and she'll keep on showing me that I can put this on Facebook. <laughs> so that's the standard God asked me to live by. Now I'm asking each of you, whatever you are most passionate about, start worshiping God and honoring Him, at least at that level and see how he takes you. Because it's just, everything else starts to fade away. I don't, I don't like Vikings losses, but it doesn't change my life anymore. So the more you honor him, it just starts to just, everything else that you had such high standards for, start to fade away. And you just start honoring him with every part of your being. So let's, let's rise and we'll pray. Father, you are so worthy. Father, not on our watch is the rocks going to cry out. No, because we know that what you have done for us, you are worthy of praise. And so, Father, today, whether it's shouting at the top of our lungs and being set free, or it's falling on our knees and just saying, Father, I adore you. Either way, Father, we want to worship you in spirit and in truth. Amen. sins have been washed away. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Oh, I'm happy. I'm happy. I mean, if you have your sins forgiven, you're happy. Especially that one. You know, that one sin. You know, that one sin. Then that other one. And you know, you know that one. Thank you, Jesus. I wouldn't have forgiven me for that one, but if he did, glory to God. That's awesome. Okay, up and out. I got I to gotta, I gotta do something kind of utilitarian here for just a moment, so you have to bear with me. Because we've grown, I mean, we're, we're growing all the time, we have new problems. And one of them is communion can, can, get, can turn into like a mosh pit up front here. <laughs> And so we, we've talked about it with the, uh, the leaders and the, 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 the uh, ministry leaders, and we thought, you know, we need to kind of figure out how to streamline this. We're not trying to control anyone. Be free, but follow our rules. Okay, so it just helps everybody to flow in the same direction. Amen? Praise God. God's not a God of confusion. He's a, he's a God of order, and he's a God of planning. And he planned from the very first sin to have an answer. He planned from the very first infraction to have forgiveness available for mankind. He didn't want man to be separated from him. He created man to be with him.
to be in fellowship with him, to commune with him. We're going we're gonna to celebrate communion today. We're communing with him, but we're also communing as the body of Christ. That's why we have to take care of the body of Christ. See what I'm saying? Is we have to, we're, we're working together. And Paul, that's what he wrote in, uh, in Corinthians. He was talking about, he says, you need to, to rightly divine the body. Serve one another, help one another, be a blessing. And, and he says, communion wasn't being done right because they were in disorder. So there's, there's practical things that we do as the body to, to be able to serve one another and to help each other to experience the fullness of what God has. But he had a plan, and that plan was to send his only son to die on the cross, to send his beloved son, the King James says, to suffer, just like that song sang, to suffer on that cross, to, to die for our sins, for his blood to be poured out, for his body to be broken. He had a plan to do that, and Jesus said, I'll go. I'll go, and I'll do that. And he lived for, for 33 years on the earth, but he, he ministered for three with his disciples. And at the end, at the Seder meal, he took the cup, or he took the bread, and he says, this is my body broken for you. As often as you do this, remember me. That's how we celebrate him. We, that song talks about we celebrate him. We, we, we honor and celebrate him in, in remembering what he's done. <clears throat> At the end of the meal, he took the cup and he said, this is my blood shed for you for the remission of sins. Glory to God. So as we receive communion today, we are remembering what Jesus did for us. And now you might say, well, wait a second, but I'm not a Christian. I, I, don't, know, I don't know everybody here. I don't know everybody really well here. And there might be somebody watching online that for the very first time, maybe he's never even been here. But So you understand, what we're doing is we're, we're remembering what Jesus did for us. What Jesus did for me and for you. And as we remember, it's always good to have all the bases covered, to have your sins forgiven, to have the fullness of relationship. If you don't, if for any reason, whatever it is, maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord and Savior. Maybe, you've, maybe you as a child did, but you walked away from him. Maybe you're, you're out of fellowship, or you think, well, I still have that sin. I got that sin, and God can't possibly love me or forgive me because of that sin. You don't know him well enough yet. It's not about the sin, it's about him. It's about him and what he did. He poured out his life so that you could be forgiven and so that you could have communion. And right now, I mean, you can accept him right now. You don't have to go through any classes. You don't have to, you don't have to sign it on a dotted line. You don't have to, you can just, all you have to do is right this second, you can say, Father, forgive me of my sins. I repent, which means I turn around. I'm going, I want to head towards you now. I repent. Come into my life. Come into my life, Jesus, and forgive me. And fill me with life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I believe what Jesus did on the cross was for me. The moment you do that, you're part of the family. You're in. That moment, if all were to pass away, in that, the next moment, you will be with us in heaven. 
And you can know, you can know. If there's somebody who's just like, well, I think I'm saved, you know, I've done all the right things so far, you know. No, you haven't. You know, it's not about doing anything. It's about believing what he did on the cross is for you. But you can receive him right now. Father, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I believe what Jesus did on the cross was for me. Fill me. And then now today you can come and and be a part of this celebration in its fullness. So as you come this morning, remember him. Remember what he did in your heart, in your, your prayers. Remember what Jesus did. In his holy name, amen. in Jesus name so Lord I just speak to the cancer now that you put on some of these people and I curse it in Jesus name I say no 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 weapon formed against these people will prosper and they will be healed and delivered in Jesus name I speak to other sicknesses and diseases that by the stripes of Jesus we are healed by his stripes we were healed in Jesus name and we stand together in faith believing for the goodness of God in these folks lives in all our lives we stand together as a body we're together in Jesus name okay praise the Lord good morning welcome visitors welcome members Okay, let's go ahead and put the the slide up for the coffee shop, and I'll just start reading some scriptures. I just want to mostly let the Word of God speak for itself today. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Psalm 35, verse 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. 
My mother told me prosperity wasn't in the Bible. Um, yes, she did. Uh, Proverbs 3. Honor the Lord with thy substance, with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. In our covenant with God, it's always two-sided. We do our part, and he does his part. We respond in obedience to his word, being faithful to give, and he, and he blesses that. And there's rewards for that in heaven, too. And the final scripture has to do with God establishing his covenant in the earth. Everything that we do... Uh, to, to grow the church, to increase the church, to establish the church, to establish new churches, to, to build out the coffee shop. It's all, it, it all has to do with, with uh, bringing more people in so God can establish his covenant with them so they can be part of the family of God and to establish the word of God more deeply in our heart. Everything we give to God, he, he spends it on our spiritual growth. And, and uh, yeah, it's just continuing to, to further the kingdom of God and, and to further establish it here, here on the earth. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse, um, well, it's the ministry of Moses, and he's reminding them how God brought them through the wilderness, how he fed them with manna, and he said, don't forget, or... Um, don't get to the point where you say, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. He said, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear to thy fathers as it is this day. So, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to participate in our covenant with you. And we thank you that... Yeah, that we can be a part of this. I ask you to bless every tithe and offering that comes in today. Thank you for making yourself more real to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. So we, uh, the last time I was here, I was Easter, I think, right? So I think I finished Easter. I did finish Easter. Before that, I finished the uh, series on... I fi no, I did. I finished it at Easter, didn't I? The, the series on... Uh, on uh, what was the series on? End times. Uh, yeah, end times. And nothing new under the sun. Perfect. Great. I couldn't even remember what it was. But yeah, I'm glad somebody did. Glory. And it was the youth. Yes, it was a young adult. Awesome. And so uh, we've been talking about that for the last year, basically going through a number, a series of steps, moving closer and closer to what I believe you know, is, is really the most important message of the word. And, and, and Nathaniel just touched on it just a bit, is there's a purpose behind us. There's a purpose behind church. There's a purpose behind ministry. There's a purpose behind the kingdom of God. It's not just to get saved and not go to hell. Now, that's a great benefit of it. It's a great benefit to, to not die in our sins and spend eternity separated from God. That's a wonderful benefit. But once you're saved, once you're in the kingdom, there's a purpose 
behind your life. God has a plan for your life. And that plan is very specific to you. There are gifts and talents. There are characteristics. There's, there's, there's life that God has put inside of you that he didn't put inside of the person next to you. There's experiences that you've experienced. And whether they're the good experiences or bad experiences, experiences are experiences. But in that, God has prepared you, is preparing you to fulfill a plan that he has set forth from the, from the foundations of the earth. You know, uh, at the very beginning, when, when Adam and Eve were on the earth, God was already planning for Noah. He already knew he needed a Noah. And, and, and God was planning for an Abraham. He knew he needed an Abraham. Because there was a specific uh, picture that he wanted to create so that the rest of us could understand faith. That the rest of us could understand promise. He knew that, that he needed, that God was planning for a Jeremiah. Because he needed somebody to proclaim the word of God. He, you know, he, when, he, when he called Jeremiah, he says, I knew you from your mother's womb. I know you. Hey, you know, obviously, God was planning for Jesus. And not any, no, no one else was Jesus. No one else was, pre, was, was perfect for the role of Jesus. Only he was. But he was planning all along. Well, we get, we can go, I can go, I can do this all the way through history, but he was, he's planned from the very beginning for Jim. See, I'm not even going to joke about it. It's just true. Usually I pick on Jim, tease Jim, but I don't. I'm not going to today. You know, he was planning, you know, he was planning for a rich. He was planning for Mary to be here for such a time as this. He was planning for, he was planning for, he, he knew you. He saw you. His, his heart, and he put you here now. That's kind of exciting. You know, I mean, you ever see myself? I, I wished I was born about 50 years earlier. I mean, I, I've thought that at times. I wish I could, I wish I could have been, uh, you know, alive back when it was a little wilder. <laughs> and I don't mean like, woo, wilder. No, 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 settle down. I'm just like, when, you know, I mean, like my, my great uncle, my great uncle, you know, traveled a boat, uh, actually, now it's 100 years ago, traveled on a boat from Poland to uh, Nova Scotia, and he walked from Nova Scotia to Minneapolis. I mean, that's wild. That's crazy. But, you know, you, you could do that now, but why? <laughs> you know? <laughs> There's cars, you know. <laughs> Why would we need to walk? But, but I mean, that's just, there was a little bit wilder back then. It was a little bit crazy. But God put me here now. And you ever wonder why? Why did God put you here now? Well, all the way along, we've been talking about hearing the voice of God. We've been hearing about God's plan for you. We've been hearing about the gifts. What, that is the second time it's done that. There, there's a noise. Whoever's got an open mic somewhere. <laughs> other than me. It's all about me right now. No, it's not. It. <laughs> I 
Ba boom, yeah, rum dum, yeah, okay. It is, it's me. Why is it me? Do we ever have trouble with this before? Do you want me to use the handheld? Just don't move. Oh, just, yeah, that's gonna happen. That's gonna happen. All right, where was I? It's not about me. Uh, but it is about you. He has, had, he has a plan for your life, and he's provided everything you need to fulfill that plan. Including this church. Including us. And I could say me, but that's, I'm just part of us. I'm going somewhere specific with this today. Because there's something on my heart, and, and we're going to get deeper into this as time goes on. This isn't necessarily a, a, a series, but it's, it's an idea. It's a thought that I want you to, I want you to start to meditate on. Because you're here for a purpose. You are here for a purpose. And God is doing something in you. He's been doing something in you for a long time to get you to this point. But he's preparing you for now. He's preparing you for here. Turn with me, to, like I said, to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 1, uh, only because I want to do it in context. I don't want to just pull something out. I want you to see where, where this is all coming from. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 1, says, I therefore, this is Paul writing to the Ephesians, I, ther I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. He's not speaking to ministers as a, as a profession or you know, preachers. Or, he's talking to the body of Christ. And he's saying, I want you to walk in a calling that is worthy of the calling that he's put on you. I want, I want you to work, walk in a way that is worthy of the calling that, that Jesus has put in you. It's really important. It's not me. He, I mean, he's talking to me, but he's talking to me as a Christian, not as a pastor. He's talking to Shiloh, you know, not as a pastor, but as, as Shiloh. God, God has a plan for Shiloh, and that, that plan is bigger than he could ever imagine. And he's not ready for the fullness of it. He's ready for today. He's been prepared for today, but God is continuing to prepare him for the fullness, which he doesn't even know what it is yet. Or any one of us. He's talking to every believer here. He's talking to all of the Ephesians. And he's saying, walk worthy uh, in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body. And one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Verse 7. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Every one of us has been given a gift. Every one of us, every one of you has been given something on purpose by God. Part of your, your plan, part of the plan of your life is to figure out what that is. Is to discover that. Let's go to the, let's go to the handheld. All right. Woo. Different voice coming. Hello. 
So part of that answer is we have to figure out what that gift is, what that calling is, and we need to seek it out. And then as we seek it out, then we need to develop it. Not just me. You know, I've been, I've been this, this May, or this June, June 1st, 2022, I'll have been in the full-time ministry for 30 years. Oh my gosh. But from day one, I realized I need to develop the gift in me. Now, what does that mean? That means I need to study to show myself approved. I need to study the word, obviously. I need to know the word. I need to know the word front to back, back to forward, everything in between. I need to know stuff. I need to know what I'm talking about. I better know what I'm talking about. I better. But that's not all there is. It's not just knowing the word. We all are, need to know the word. For every area, I mean, we, we all need, no matter who you are, you need to know the word. That's why we have you read the Bible daily. Whether it's the two-year reading or the one-year reading, or we encourage you to read it on your own, however the Lord leads you to do it. You need to be in the word. We all need to be in the word. But then, I have giftings and callings in me to do what I do. But I had better develop those gifts. So from day one, I studied public speaking. I, I practiced speaking. I, I practiced speaking in front of groups. I made a lot of dumb mistakes. I still make some dumb mistakes. But I study and I try to be better each week. Trying to. I'm working at it. I'm humbly listening to feedback. I'm humbly watching. I watch the videos. And I go, oh my gosh, why did I do that? Why did I say it that way? Why? You know, but I'm always working on this calling, making myself, bringing myself to a, a, a being of a worthy manner to walk in this calling. But here's the deal. So should you. Whatever it is. You know, let's just talk about some callings. Some of you are called to be husbands. Some of you are called to be husbands. Usually, yeah, you know, it's the, ma the male persuasion. We're not, you know, we're not confused about this. You're called to be husbands. You and I should be studying and, and working at being a better husband every day. Yeah? I didn't hear way enough immense. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, and I know, yes. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. That's, what I, that's where I figured the amens were coming from. <laughs> Some are called to be wives. And you better be studying how to be a better wife every day. Wow. You're a brave one, Jim. You're a brave one. I figured it'd be silent at that point. You know, no men are, nobody's going to get nothing. But children, children, children. Yeah, you, see, you guys are all young adults. I get, you know, the, the kids all left. But you should be growing in being a son and daughter. You know, there's a way to be a son and daughter, and there's a way not to be a son and daughter. Here's, here's a good rule of thumb, sons and daughters. Treat your parents the way you want to be treated when you're a parent. Yeah? Yeah? For some of us, it's too late. But I think I did a good job because I have awesome kids. I have awesome kids. But 
be the kind of son and daughter you want to have. Sow seeds of faithfulness. Sow seeds of diligence and, and honor and all those things. Be, work at it. Don't just live. What can happen to, you know, I mean, too many people are living, let's just see what happens today. And it's all about me. It's all about me. Some are employees. Some are employees. Some, some people will always work for somebody else. That's not a problem. That's not bad. It's just, that's what we do. So there's, there's jobs where we work for other people. Then be the best employee. Learn how to be a better employee than anyone has ever had. No, there's, not a, there's nothing worse that I've ever heard about the body of Christ. Two, two different variations of this, this phrase. That Christian was the worst employee I ever had. That's terrible. The other, the other is that's the, the worst Christian boss. You know, that's the worst. That, that guy who's a Christian was the worst boss I ever had. We need to, we need to work at being, take all this stuff and be, be worthy of the, of the calling of being an employee or an employer. But then we have a whole nother part of life, which I believe is the most important part of life, the kingdom of God. The, the bigger picture the kingdom who are you in the kingdom you know that you have a place you have a specific place there's you have a specific expression you have a you, you have a, a something in your life that God has called you for such a time as this find out what that is Find out what that is and then develop it. You know, don't, if, you know, I heard this from a guy years and years and year, you know, years ago. He said, the saddest place on earth, not for the reason you think it is, but the saddest place on, place on earth is the graveyard. Not because people, you know, but the reason is, is because of all the gifts that were wasted, all of the books that weren't written, all of the lives that weren't lived to the fullest. You have one life. Live it to the fullest. And we literally have a calling of God. We literally have his purpose and, and his backing in all of this to be amazingly useful in this day, today, where we are right now. You have an, you have, you have an opportunity for your life to mean something. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Don't throw it away. Don't go, well, God could never use me. I'll just live one day at a time. <sighs> That's sad. Seven, verse seven. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. Okay, I can't go into all of what does that mean. He, he led a host of captives. It has a, a couple of very broad, very big, maybe a couple of very specific. I don't have time to go into all of the theology of that. But we are part of that captivity. You and I are part. He's led us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light into the kingdom of so he has led captivity captive the the king james says he's led captivity captive he's brought out those who had been made captive 
to never be captive again. And he's brought us out. But he's brought us out for a purpose. The very purpose he started in the garden. To be in fellowship with him and to expand the kingdom and expand the kingdom and expand his kingdom. Amen? All right. So it says here, he says, uh, Therefore he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave, gave gifts to men. Verse 9 is a clarification. He's saying, in saying he ascended, what does it mean that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth? Now, that's the part, I mean, it could be when he died and he was, he was the, spent three days in, the, in, in hell or in, in Sheol, and, he, and did he lead the, the uh, Jewish believers? Believers out, maybe, possibly, who knows? We don't have a, a specific answer to that, but it could be part of that. He descended into the lower regions, but he also descended from heaven to this earth. We, we know that. That we can, that's easy. That's there. He descended, but now he has ascended. He's now gone back, and he has a purpose in all of this. Verse 10. He who de descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that we might fill all things. So I've been meditating on these verses all week long. It's just been something rolling around in me for a number of different reasons. And I, and, and I, got, I got all the way here. I knew what I was going to preach from them all week long. I've been praying about it. And I was sitting there during worship and all of I went, I didn't write anything down. So I didn't put any of my verses down. I didn't put any of the, you know, the stuff that I, all my notes. I was like, oh my gosh, I got to at least have the verses. So I went and I, I pulled this up and I, and I wrote, I pasted it on my page and I started dividing it up into sections so that I could, you know, figure out where I was at. And just as I read this, uh, he who descended is the one who also ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things was at the exact moment that the worship team sang, all hail King Jesus. And I just about went off my chair. I was like, whoa. Oh, that was awesome. I was like, okay, this is going to be a great service. This is going to be wonderful. That's just a side note. Verse 11. Here's where I wanted to get to. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Let me read that first part again, just real quick, just so it's because it's the context. This is the this is the the focus of what we're talking about here. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. We're all supposed to be a part of the work of the ministry. Every one of us, everybody. When I was when I first came to the Lord, I knew I had to be about my father's business. And I, everything I did, I worked in a hot dog factory. For you new people, I'll tell you the whole story sometime, not today. For those who have been around for 20 years, you know the story. Worked in a really glamorous job in a hot dog factory. The best part of the, 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 the beautiful hot dog factory was I found my wife in the hot dog factory. It was awesome. 
It was wonderful. She was just beautiful. She was radiant. I walked into the room and I saw her across the room. She was wearing a, a down-filled uh, jacket and with a smite, a, wi- a white smock over it. She looked like a lampshade, and she had she had a she. I know I'm old, and then I, she had a hairnet on and two black eyes. She had two black eyes. She'd been playing catch with her brother, and uh, she she I think it was Joe. Was it Joe? Is this brother? And and he threw the ball, and she wanted to be playing catch, and she she missed the ball. It hit her in the eye, bounced straight up in the air, came down, hit her in the other eye, and gave her two black eyes. I walked into that room that day and went, oh my gosh, there she is. It's a really long story. I can't tell you the rest. I'll, you'll have to see. You'll have to wait on that one. Where was I? Hot dog factory. Oh, when I was in the hot dog factory, I was about the father's business. How was I about the father's business? Hey, man, you know, I'd be talking to somebody, and they go, you've changed, because I did. <laughs> I changed. When I started working at the hot dog factory, I was a different person, completely different. So different, I don't even want to describe it. I want to forget how different I was. Got rededicated my life to the Lord. The Lord got a hold of me, say, I mean, changed me, you know, the whole nine yards, and I started being different. I started acting, and people would say, what's, what, what's, why, what, how come you don't do this anymore? How come you don't come out with this anymore? How come you don't blah, 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 blah? And I said, well, here's the deal. I, I rededicated my life to Jesus Christ. And I went, oh, here we go. Here's this Christian guy. Oh, great. Well, why? So I would explain to him why. Here's what, here's what God's done for me. Man, ridicule, teasing, ostracization. I mean, pushed me away, the whole thing. Yet, in that few years' time, touched a lot of people's lives. It was really cool. At one point, I, I at, at the at the lowest point of my life, I was working in a in a steam room with all that stuff on, with all that clothes in a steam room, taking racks of hot dogs off the thing, and then feeding the first one into a machine. It looked like a machine gun, you know, because it had the casing, and then it would split the casing and shoot the hot dog out the other end. It was so fun. It was just a. <laughs> It wasn't. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. That way, I'm working, in, and I was just like, all day long. But that was the first guy that I witnessed to, was the guy I worked next to, eight hours a day, five days a week. And he's like, man, you've changed. What's going on? And I said, well, here's the deal. Every day I dedicated my life to Jesus Christ. Oh, great. Why, why would you do that? And I said, because my life was a mess. And he goes, yeah, it was. You know? And then shortly after that, I got moved to another department. Witness to everybody on that line. Then I got moved to another department. Witness to everybody in that room. I mean, I just saw, I saw God just systematically move me across that factory where I was touching people. Every you know, and I would I would witness to everybody, and all of a sudden the boss would come and say, "Hey, I, we need you to work over here this week." Yeah, fresh people. <laughs> but I was about my father's business. I was doing the kingdom. I was preaching the guy. I was practicing. I was practicing. I was practicing. That's what we do. No matter where we find ourselves, just tell people what's going on in your life. Tell them why you have hope, why you're not afraid of what's going on in the news. Just be God. Be, be a Christian in their midst. And you don't have to be perfect. I wasn't perfect. I said a lot of dumb things. I said some error. I, I every once in a while I would say something. Go, oh, that's actually not true. This is what's really. This is, you know, I'd have to look it up, whatever. But you, you just live it wherever you're at. But 
as I move forward, that, that gifting and calling, I had a calling to be in the kingdom of God ever before I knew I had a calling to be a pastor. And that's a whole other story. A long, long story about how that came about and what God did. You can read the book someday. <laughs> but here's the deal. We each have a calling. You have a calling. You ha Turn to your neighbor and say, you have a calling. You have a purpose. Say that. You have a purpose. You have a, there's a reason for you. Say that to somebody. There's a reason for you. But you have to figure out what that reason is, and then you have to develop it. Praise God, He put people in the earth to help you develop it. That's what I want to talk about today. I had to set it all up now, but here we go. He's put people in your sphere of influence to help you become everything He's called you to be. He's put me. I'm the pastor of this church. Like it or not, I'm the pastor of this church. But I have a call, and my call is not to be, and I joke about it all the time, I actually have a name plaque. I'm not called to be the Grand Poobah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so here's, here's what I saw this week, and here's what I saw, and I'm going to ask some questions. I need you to just shout out the answer, the ones that know the answers, not just don't shout out random answers. What is, what is the purpose of 3M? What is the purpose? Can you, can you put it into a sentence? Band-Aids. <laughs> okay, we have an answer. Science applied to life. Yeah, that's the purpose of 3M. Okay. What is the purpose? Where's Brian Eager? Way in the back. He, he worked, uh, Brian Eager worked for the state of Minnesota for years and years and years. Now, now yeah, 41 years, years and years, yes. Now, don't give me the joke answer. Give me a real answer, okay? Because I know you. What is the purpose of the state government of Minnesota? What, is, what should be the purpose? <laughs> let, me ref let me define this. What, what, what should be the purpose of the state, of gov state government of Minnesota? To, to serve the citizens to provide for commerce and infrastructure. That's the purpose of the government of Minnesota. Okay, uh, I know we have some people that work for, have worked for, or work for uh, uh, Anderson Windows. What is the purpose of Anderson Windows? Huh? She's writing notes. Do you know? <laughs> Diane worked there for at least, what, 50? Doors and windows. <laughs> doors and windows. To provide doors and windows to the... To the, the best. The be ah, see, yeah. <laughs> the best doors and windows to the construction industry. Isn't that awesome? Okay, now, let me... You all can answer this one at a time. What is the purpose of the church? Raise your hand if you, if you think you have one to take a shot at it. Yes, sir. Love it. To inform people about the kingdom of God. Awesome. Anybody else? Yes. I love it. All the youth, the youth are raising their hands. Even to spread the word. What word? Spread the word about Jesus Christ. Oh, there you go. There you go. 
I love it. Okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Did you notice that when I asked what's the purpose of 3M, they didn't say to make the CEO look as awesome and just get his name out there and 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 lift him up, you know, uh, the CEO of that company. It's not that wasn't that's not the purpose of that business. And, and over here, it wasn't, a, you know, the, the, the purpose of Minnesota, the state of Minnesota was not to lift up the governor so that he can be just exalted and, 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 and you know, just wow, okay? And then well, it was uh, Anderson Windows. It wasn't for, for the president of Anderson Windows to just be exalted. And ha- it has, you know, has nothing to do with it. And even the, 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 the description of the church isn't about so that I have any notoriety whatsoever, this is not about me it's about Jesus and Jesus and Jesus said I'm going back to the father and he sat down at the right hand and he gave gifts to build up the body. So he said, okay, guys, here's the plan. We're going to build you up. We're going to build you up. We're going to build you up. We're going to build, and here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to put five groups of people in your life in various forms, and they're going to help you to become a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. A minister of reconciliation. That's my job. My job is not to be the pastor of the church and to be the high and exalted pastor, greatly honored everywhere that I go. It isn't. My job, my job is to serve you and to help you fulfill the call of God on your life in whatever manner God leads me to do that. And this is working. It's working. Why is it working? Because we're working the plan. We're working the plan. Now you notice up there, up there, means that my, the word I just read, he says he gave gifts unto man. He didn't just give pastors. He gave the fivefold. Pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and prophets. I knew I forgot one. I had five fingers. Evangelists. Yes. So he gave the gifts to the body to do the preparation. Now, I'm, I've, got a, I've got this point, this big point I want to make because we need to catch it as quickly as possible because things are going to start taking off. Watch what happens here. Watch what God's going to start doing because we're going to start really working the plan. Now, I know, and I'm not, here, I'm not joking about this. I'm not trying to you know, do anything. Just hear me for I know people like to hear me preach. You really enjoy, you know, I mean, I know. Because people say, hey, that was a good sermon. You, you, like, you like that I'm a pastor, so on and so forth. But here's the deal. There are other gifts in this body. And those other gifts have got to be utilized for you to be the fullest, walk in the fullest of the calling. Now, you've noticed, I haven't been in the pulpit in the last month, maybe once or twice, and there's been other people filling in. Why? Because there's other people that need to speak into your life. That need to hear it. Now over this next month, it's going to be the same thing. I don't think I, I, don't think I preach. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm just, but I don't want this to, you know, usually when I, when I say, hey, I'm going to be on vacation next week, people don't show up. 
don't do that. I've made a public statement. Everybody look around to your left and to your right. If I say I'm going to be gone in the next month or so at any given point, if anybody's missing, mm -hmm, give them a call. Say, hey, 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 I see that. But it's not about me. It's about whoever is in this pulpit. And last week, Pastor John Moe preached one of the best sermons I've ever heard about serving in the body of Christ. I mean, we've heard all kinds. I've heard it from the youth. I've heard it from others, how much it blessed them. Okay, have you ever noticed I've preached that sermon before here? <laughs> so when you say that, it could hurt. But it doesn't. It doesn't. Why? Because that is who God anointed to preach that sermon in that moment, in that time. That's what you want. You want the person that God is anointing. You want to hear what they're saying because that's what God is saying. I could get up and say the same thing and you go, eh, that's okay. Is there coffee today? <laughs> in a few weeks, we're going to have, uh, uh, I, I always forget his name, the guy who's doing the, the Karis uh, Rick McFarland. Rick McFarland will be here. He's one of Karis' uh, Bible school teachers. Uh, he's going to be doing the Karis graduation. That'll happen here on Saturday. But he's going to be speaking here on a Sunday morning. My goodness, I had never heard of Rick McFarland. But as we were driving a couple of weeks ago, we were driving across America. I listened to three or four of his sermons, and I went, oh, my goodness. You've got one of the best Bible teachers I've heard going to be speaking here. You want to be here for that. Why? Because it's going to build you up in a way that you couldn't get otherwise. You know, Mark Kretschmar ministered a few weeks ago. Phenomenal. You want to, you, if, you, if you miss it, you want to hear that sermon. There's, there's things in that sermon that will change you. The Karis students, the Karis students that went on their mission trip shared. I watched it. I watched because I wasn't here. I watched it after the fact. Actually, I listened to it as I was driving from where I was to where I was going. I listened. I was like, man, it was awesome. Faith building, inspiring. Well, Pastor John's not here. You know, if I would have had time, I would have thrown the, the video. Have you ever seen the video? The, uh, the, the uh, uh, assistant, or no, it wasn't it's not even the assistant. The, the second string pastor is preaching this morning. It's a, it's a video, and it's, oh, great, the second string pastor is here this morning. The first string pastor, he's amazing. But the second string, well, I should have I stayed home. You know, and it's, I'm far enough away from this that I can say it now without hurting anybody's feelings. I can say, I can say this. You know, one of the Sundays most people want to skip is anytime that it's Children's Sunday where the children have the service and they're doing their stuff and whatever. I know 20, you know, 30 years ago, I was that guy. I walked in one time. So I so set the stage a little bit. I was working in the factory before I met Deb. I was living in the, I was living in the world. I was an idiot. And then God brought me back. God brought me, you know, showed me, loved me, and he brought me back, rededicated my life. But I was still, man, I had this nagging, nagging, nagging thing going on. That you went too far. You screwed up too much. God, God may be okay with you, you know, being around for now, but you're not going to make it because because you're you know you 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 went way too far and you screwed up too bad. He really doesn't love you. He's kind of tolerating you. I was hearing crap like that from the enemy, and I was going to a church 
And on a, on a Sunday, I, I came, I drove in, and there's cars everywhere. And so I could walk into the back of the church. As I walk into the back of the church, there's a puppet stage up front. And I went, go! It's Kids Sunday. Shoot! You've got to be kidding me. It's kid. I'm, I'm looking around, and all of a sudden, somebody comes, Hey, John, I'm so glad you're here today. Shook my hand. Why don't you come and sit by? I was like, Dang it! Somebody saw me. I could have still slipped out if I, I said, I'm going to the bathroom and then slip out. They would have never seen me. I didn't. I don't want to go to kids' Sunday, or, you know, kids' service Sunday. And I was just sitting there all the way through worship, and the kids were playing worship, and they had the tambourines and the ringing bells. And. <laughs> I was like, you've got to be flipping kidding me. Why? God, why didn't you warn me? You know? So we sat through that whole thing, and then the children's pastor got up and was the, being the children's pastor, you know, and introducing everybody. I'm like, see, this is just going to be a work. And he said, okay, well, what we're going to do now is we're going to have a puppet show. And I was like, oh, great. Puppet show. That's, that's all I need right now is a puppet show. And the puppet show started, and, you know, it was as amateurish as you can get. <laughs> and there you go. And they started into the story. And guess what the story is? Guess what the story is? Guess what the story was that they taught that morning? The prodigal son. <laughs> You already know the story, don't you? By the end of the story, I'm sitting back a ways, bawling my eyes out. Because on that Sunday was the Sunday where it was established in my heart that he loves me. And he doesn't hold anything against me. I mean, it was, it, is, it was set from that day forward. I've never doubted that since. And it was through a puppet show. <laughs> An anointed puppet show. That's got a sense of humor. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> Whoever is in this pulpit at any given Sunday is who God wants in that pulpit. I'll be here a bunch. This summer, you'll probably get tired of me. I don't have anything really planned for the summer. But whoever is here, whoever got, you want to hear what they have to say. Because it'll speak to your heart in ways you won't even imagine. You'll, you'll hear something, you go, oh, man, I could have missed that. I could have missed the one thing that would have set me free. Don't be that person. Amen? Let's all stand. God, you're so good. You thank you, Father, for the gifts that you've put in this body. Thank you, Father, for the anointings that are here, for the callings that are here, for the giftings that are here. Thank you, Father, that you are, you are building an army. You are building an army, and you, are, you have brought people in, and you are bringing people in who are, who are preparing this army to take the St. Croix River Valley and beyond. Thank you, Lord God. It's so exciting to be a part of what you're doing. Father, I thank you for these people. I thank you. They are blessed. They are blessed and anointed to be light and salt everywhere they go this week. Thank you for it, Father. And we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name.